Well, just got back in from a very long and very invigorating convention in Wright County. Thank you, delegates, for coming out to the Republican Party of Wright County convention. What a great time. Um, We got to hear from so many fantastic candidates uh, and meet each other and catch up. It's always an invigorating experience um, to be in the presence of people who have common values and common goals. I went into this convention fully expecting that we were going to come out with an endorsed candidate for House here in District 30A, uh, but we didn't. Ultimately, the decision was made, and I agreed to it along with my opponent, that we ought to postpone this endorsement until the March 19th Senate District 30 convention. And the reason for that should be fairly obvious. I mean, the amount of information that was just dropped on delegates in the past couple of days is understandably overwhelming. It wasn't until Tuesday that we learned what the new legislative districts were, what they looked like, what they were called, and then all of the implications, all the announcements that came like a tsunami afterwards. Uh, Mary Kiffmeyer retiring. Thank her for her service, by the way. What a legacy she leaves behind. Eric Lucero going for the new open Senate seat in uh, District 30. And then my own announcement that I'm seeking endorsement for the new State House District 30A, and then an opponent who entered the race as well, uh, looking for endorsement. All of this is a lot of information for delegates to take in, and they feel understandably overwhelmed. And so we're postponing the endorsement until a later date, um, which I think is fair and gives us the opportunity to properly vet the candidates and get to know what we stand for and make the best choice for the party and for the delegates and the residents of Rockford Township, Hanover, St. Michael, Albertville, and much of Otsego. So if you are not a delegate, if you were not in attendance today, or if you were there and you had to step out to go to the restroom or or, or you were visiting with folks in the hallway during the time um, that we were uh, allowed to speak to the delegation, I just want to share with you briefly a synopsis of, of what it was that uh, I shared with delegates at the convention today. We find ourselves at a moment in history where the political lines, the teams, the the dividing line in the sand really has much less to do with Republican versus Democrat or conservative versus liberal and has everything to do with team reality versus team fiction, team fantasy, team insanity. If you are a normal person who wants to live a normal life and believes in virtue rather than privilege, if if that describes you, chances are you may or may not be a Republican. You may or may not be a conservative, but that likely describes you because it describes most people. We live in reality and we want to live and survive and thrive and enjoy our lives without apology and without having to feel as though we owe somebody something for the opportunity to breathe and for our hearts to pump blood. You know, this is not something that we should have to account for or answer for. Life is a gift that we are meant to enjoy. Um, And yet we find ourselves in a moment in history where there is not uniform agreement on that point. And there are a lot of folks out there who believe that they have a claim to your life, that they ought to be able to tell you how to live yours, that you owe them something for some reason, perhaps the color of your skin, perhaps your gender, uh, perhaps your religious status or where you live or your economic status. For some reason, 
you owe them because they are different from you or they don't have as much as you, or they've just arbitrarily decided that they're a victim and you're the oppressor. These are the two worldviews that are vying for dominance in our society. And amazingly, it really is, when you pause to think about it, amazingly, the stupider of those two worldviews is winning in the culture. The left controls the media. The left controls education. Increasingly, the left controls religious organizations. Their false gospel is being preached from the pulpit. And we are losing ground. The, the march through the institutions that the Marxists initiated in the early 20th century has largely been concluded. Uh, they, and they won. They've displaced sanity and replaced it with insanity and madness. And so the question becomes, why? How was this enabled to happen? And how do we get out of it? And the, the answer to the one leads to the answer to the second. I believe that we got to this point in society because somewhere along the line, we were convinced that it was not okay for us to advocate with moral conviction for our beliefs. We were convinced that it was somehow inappropriate or rude or uncouth to say what we believe and to stand on it without apology. We were told we need to separate morality from the law. We need to separate church from state. We need to keep politics and religion out of polite conversation, as if there was something more important than the most critical issues that define our existence, whether or not we're going to live free, whether or not we're going to raise our children or kill them, um, whether or not we're going to acknowledge reality as such, that we're going to allow the rational perception that we're granted through our senses to dominate the discourse, or we're going to indulge in fantasy and live in a dream world of our own creation. And not only that, but have the right to force other people to acknowledge our dream and our fantasy and to affirm it, lest we punish them and cancel them and cast them out of society. This is where we find ourselves. And the reason why I think that that worldview, the woke worldview, has been so attractive and so effective up to this point is because its proponents advocate for it with a sense of unyielding moral conviction. They believe that they are right. And they believe, as you can ascertain from the names that they call us, that we are evil. And they are not shy about describing us as such and about speaking in clear moral terms and, and acting as though they're on the side of the angels. They're on the side of righteousness. This is something we need to regain, embrace, reclaim as our own, because it is rightfully ours. We're the ones who are in the right. We are the ones who are standing on righteousness. We are the ones who are on the side of truth and fact and reason and science and biolo biology and reality. That's our territory, not theirs. And we need to claim it as our own and speak aggressively in its defense. One of the examples that I shared with delegates at the convention uh, as to how powerful this sense of moral conviction is, is think about how young Somalis, um, the children of immigrants who live in this very state, in some cases, you know, they were born here, raised here, American citizens. They enjoy the same bounty 
access to the same privileges and accommodations and comforts that all of us have, right? They have this, and yet in some cases they have chosen to get on a plane and fly across the ocean to a literal heap of dirt and fight our American soldiers. That is a remarkable choice to make. And you have to pause and ask yourself, how, why, why would a person make that choice? What would make somebody leave comfort and abundance to put themselves in a situation where they were not only going without and dealing with adversity and and a lack of basic sustenance, but they were also putting their lives in danger? And the answer is pretty obvious once you pause to really analyze it. Young men, not just young men, but especially young men, crave purpose. They crave a reason to live, a battle to win. They need moral conviction. They need a reason to get out of bed in the morning and something important to do. You you tell people, you tell an entire generation that there are no more hills left to climb, no more mountains yet to summit, no more battles yet to win, no more dragons left to slay. And eventually they're going to get to the point where one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to buy in to the apathy that you are selling them, and they're going to become unmotivated and and start to uh, slack off and lack virtue and have nothing that they're aspiring towards. We've certainly seen plenty of that. Or they're going to invent a dragon or somehow find a dragon to go slay. They're going to create a battle to engage in. And I think that is what we have seen in our culture. You look at this woke nonsense, it provides a dragon to slay. The oppressor, the single white heterosexual male, let's go slay him. Let's let's go get rid of him. Let's make him the enemy because that is a cause. Let's save the planet. (laughs) Climate change. Economic disparity. You know, whatever form it takes. There is a dragon to slay in the mind of the leftist. And what we need to do as conservatives is point people to the real dragons. Okay. Child murder is a real dragon. Tyranny. One man claiming total control over the lives of 6 million Minnesotans telling them they can't work, can't go to school, can't live, can't breathe free. That is a dragon that needs to be slayed. Okay. The, the culture of death around abortion, killing children, that is a dragon that needs to be slayed. Uh, the, the idol of fear succumbing to the idea that instead of persevering in the face of adversity, we need to embrace fear and redefine how we live our lives in accordance with the new fear that we've concocted, that we've imagined in our heads of how terrible you know this virus is or how terrible the pandemic is. N- never mind reality. Never mind that 99% of people survive it. Never mind that everybody you know has already had it and, and they're fine and you didn't go to two dozen funerals last year as you would have if the original models were correct. We need to slay these dragons and we need to present them as dragons to be slain to young men and women and voters and the public 
and our own side, the warriors who are already in the fight, the legislators who are already in St. Paul, need to be presented with these dragons so that they will fight them with vigor. That's how we win the culture back. And that's why I'm running to be in the state house at District 30A. My name is Walter Hudson, and I appreciate you checking this out. Go to HudsonForMN.com. See how you can help the campaign. Give us a contribution if you can. Sign up to volunteer. This is going to be a long, drawn-out, but fruitful campaign that's going to be focused on identifying the dragons and coming up with a battle plan to slay them. Take care.